Good morning, church. Welcome home and welcome to the Sunday service here at the Free Community Church. Whether you're joining us here on site or whether you're joining us here online, a very warm welcome to you this morning. Thank you for taking the time to join us for a time of gathering around the Word, time of worship, time of fellowship. So happy that you are here with us this morning. In order to make sure that we are not just, uh, you know, sitting there waiting for things to happen, you know, the church is a community and we are here. We want to acknowledge that we are all in one another, another's presence. Uh, we are here for one another to worship together. So if you're here on site, would you just turn to your neighbours and just give them a wave, just acknowledge their presence. If you're online, please do the same. You know, you can leave an emoji or a blessing or a greeting in the chat window on YouTube. And uh, I think that uh, really helps one another show up and lean in into the service. So as we begin uh, our time together this morning, I would like to invite us all uh, to respond to the call to worship together. Come, walk in green pastures. We follow the shepherd. Come, lie down in green pastures. We trust the shepherd. Come, Dine at the table of abundance. We, we are, are fed, fed by, by the, the shepherd. shepherd. Come, dwell in God's house. We, we live, live in the, the shepherd's, shepherd's care. care. Loving shepherd, you know our names. You care for us. When we face darkness and death, walk beside us. When we hunger for your love, fill us with your presence. When we are fearful, feed us at your table. May we dwell in the house of goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Amen. So now we're going into a time of worship with music. Would you join our hearts with me um, for this time of praising God and worshipping God in music?
shining down on me when the world's all as it should be blessed be your The road I'm marked with suffering Though there's pain in the offering Blessed be your name Every blessing you And every blessing you pour out Turn back to praise oh, When the darkness closes in the still Blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name.
if you grace the other side oh how long have i chased rivers from lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply cause in the highlands and the heartache you're neither more or less inclined i would search and stop at nothing you're just not that hard to find I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains and my way You're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray Sing through the shadows, my song of ascent. 
Today's prayer is attributed to Archbishop Desmond Tutu, South African activist and recipient of the 1984 Nobel Peace Prize for his leadership in the, in the anti-apartheid movement. He also passed away recently in December. He chaired the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, during which victims shared stories of human rights abuse from both pro and anti-apartheid figures. Post-apartheid, he spoke out on a number of issues, including gay rights, which the Anglican Church was, at the time, reaffirming the Church's opposition to homosexual acts. He said, quote, I would not worship a God who is homophobic, and that is how deeply I feel about this. I am as passionate about this campaign as I ever was about apartheid. For me, it is at the same level. Tutu also spoke on other international issues, including the HIV-AIDS epidemic, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, treatment of prisoners in, Guantan in Guantanamo Bay, wealth disparity, the Darfur crisis, China's policy on Tibet, and climate change. He was truly the conscience of the world. So today, may his words renew our vision of the world God desires, inspiring us to participate and works of justice and mercy. So let us pray. Disturb us, O Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we dream too little, because we sail too close to the shore. Disturb us, O Lord, when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the water of life. When having fallen in love with time, we have ceased 
to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of heaven to grow dim. Stir us, O Lord, to dare more boldly to venture into wider seas where storms show thy mastery. Where losing sight of land, we shall find the stars. In the name of Jesus, who pushed back the horizons of our hopes and invited the brave to follow. Amen. Have our hearts, O Lord. Have it all and expand our hearts. Expand our hearts and minds to be wider, to draw our own circles wider, to welcome all in. Lord, shift us into the places where it's uncomfortable for us and welcome, help us to welcome all of your creation, all of your children in. And with this next song, we worship. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. No one stands alone, we'll stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. No one stands alone, we'll stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. The circle wide, draw it wider still. Let this be our song. No one stands alone, standing side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle. Wide, draw it wider still. Let this be our song. No one stands alone, standing side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide.
draw the circle, draw the circle wide. No one stands alone, we'll stand side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the third in our series, Home is the Way. We have been using Menti as an engagement tool for sermons, and I want to invite you to join us at 5 2589-7830. You can scan the QR code um, or you can key in, you know, you go to menti.com and key in the code. So, before I begin today, I want to address something that I said last week. I used the concentration camps um, to compare migrant workers' dorm. And while I wanted to convey a point, it is also trivializing the Holocaust. I really appreciate the feedback you know, that I've received that this concentration camp analogy is an insult to those who died in real concentration camps. And this inflationary language normalizes the evil that has happened. And I want to apologize. I need to do better and to be more thoughtful with the words that I use and the analogies I use. So that while at the, I point out evil that's happening now, I do not trivialize evil that's happened in the past. I think this is something that we all need to, to learn and grow um, with our use of language. So you join me in prayer. God, may the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Continue to guide us so that our minds and our hearts are aligned with yours, God of love, compassion, and justice. And forgive us when we fall short. Amen. So this third sermon in our series, Home is the Way, is titled, Welcome Home. And I want to start off by asking you, is there, in the Bible, is there a story that comes to your mind when you think about welcome home. I would be surprised that many of you will um, key in the parable of the lost son or, you know, sometimes it's called the parable of the lost son or, the, or you might refer it to the, uh, the parable of the prodigal. I think that's the one that will probably be the number one. But I wonder what other passages that will come to your mind because this is definitely going to be the number one because... That's what I preached last week, and we preached it very often in FCC, at FCC. So the return from exile, the, the conflict between Jacob and Esau when they finally met again, Joseph reuniting with um, his brothers, probably this Joseph is probably Joseph of the Old Testament, Ruth, Moses, Noah, and the Ark Landing. And... Ruth and Naomi. Hmm, very interesting. 
So there's a 10 of you replying. I want to wait a little bit more so that uh, more of you can key in your reflections. What story in the Bible comes to your mind when you think about welcome home? There's one that comes to my mind. And that's one that, you know, we don't usually think about, but it's really significant because it is from very early on in Jesus' ministry. It's from chapter 2 of the Gospel according to Mark. And it doesn't appear here. <laughs> There's a slight, you know, thrill. From Mark chapter 2, verse 1 to 12, when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front of the door, and he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bring to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let him down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to them, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his heart, in his spirit, that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up, take your mat, and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take up your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So I want to ask you, you know, picture that, right? Someone um, trying to bring a paralyzed man into the house to see Jesus, but the house is full, packed to the brim. And what they did was dig a hole through the roof and to let him down. And then this man was healed. I want to ask you, who do you identify in this passage? Who? And you can identify with more than one, right? This is not a, a right-wrong answer. This, who do you identify in this story? Jesus? Or the people who brought the man? Or the paralytic? Or the scribes? Hmm. Sometimes we feel like the scribes, right? What is this person doing here, right? This person does not fit in. I don't like this person or the rest of the crowds who are just hanging around and packed to the brim and waiting and listening to Jesus, right? None of you identify with Jesus. Very humble. I must say I identify with all five. Thank you. Thank you for reflecting. 
I want you to think about who you identify with because it is important. I can identify with every single group here. When I first joined Save Haven, and for those of you who are new to FCC, Save Haven was the predecessor to FCC. Um, we were like a fellowship, and we met once a week um, to do worship, and then we break out to, into smaller um, Bible study groups um, every Tuesday. When I first joined Safe Haven, I felt like the paralyzed man. I sought healing, I sought acceptance, I sought support. And there, or here, I found all of that and more. And many of you may have had a similar experience. You felt broken, you felt lost, and when you arrived at this community, you experienced radical welcome. People really went out the way to welcome you, to be community for you, to create a space for you and to love you. You may not fit in in some ways, and people tried their very best to dig a hole in the ceiling or the roof to help you be part of this community. Yet, not everyone shares that experience. Sometimes we are like the rest of the people in the house. We can get through the door or we are early enough to get a space and get to the, the front row seats. Sometimes, like the rest of the people in the house, we are just standing here, unwilling to make room or space for someone else to come in. And sometimes we are even oblivious that we are not making space for someone to come in. And sometimes, actually, we are afraid that if we make room for someone else, we will lose our space in this house. We may be unwilling to change ourselves so we can become more inclusive. Sometimes just standing there, not doing anything, we can be the obstacle of letting someone else in. Are we willing to move out of our comfort zone, to draw the circle wider and include someone else into the circle? FCC has grown and changed and evolved along the way. We didn't know how to be inclusive. We say we're inclusive. But when we first started out, we were dominated by gay men. Gay men who are quite self-centered, I will refer to myself, quite oblivious to male privilege that I had, and quite oblivious to the challenges and experiences of women. Especially when later on, you know, in more recent years, we hear of the experiences of women who went to Yangtze, when we, where we had our church then, when they were surrounded by um, movie theaters that were screening you know, R21 films or adult films. Women didn't feel safe in that space. But I was oblivious to all that. And that's how we are like the crowd in the house. So... Let me push this question a little further, all right? Because it's one thing to be this person, to get out of the way, to create more room for someone else, to shift a little bit, to include someone else. What if you are the owner of the house and your roof just got dismantled and you go like, what are you doing? It may be okay to create space for someone, you know, that's quite, you know, it's just a little bit discomfort, but it's quite something else to get your roof dismantled to let someone in. What lengths are we willing to go to welcome someone in? What lengths? 
are we willing to get a hole in the ceiling to let someone into this house? The answer is quite apparent to what we should do. So think about that. Sometimes, and another experience, as one of the people who are standing there in the house, and when someone else is treated with extravagant welcome, that we actually go all the way to dig a hole in the ceiling to let this person in, we feel left out. Why is this person getting special treatment? Why is a pastor specially spending extra time with this person and not me? Perhaps you were ignored. Perhaps nobody spoke to you after church. Nobody invited you to join them and you felt left out. And when you compare your experience with the, per- the welcome attention lavished on someone else, you cannot but help feel that you are a second-class citizen. I have felt that way before, especially in the past when I was not invited to parties and gatherings and hearing about these occasions after they happen. But how are we to wrestle and feel about that? How do you feel about that? And then there were times I was also like the people who removed the roof so that the paralytic can come in to the house. And sometimes this could be physical barriers, like how we are currently examining how to make our space more accessible for a newcomer who is wheelchair-bound. Accessible not just in terms of the space here, but accessibly in terms of how this person can get to church in a wheelchair from their home to the door FCC. Because accessibility isn't just about here, this space. Accessibility is a justice issue. Can this person get into, onto public transport and make their way here? What is that journey like? Is that journey easy? We are very blessed in Singapore that we have invested in infrastructure to help people to be mobile. You know, there are ramps everywhere. Though sometimes the ramps are rather challenging. If you are one who is navigating in a wheelchair, the corners that you need to turn and the, the steepness, well, of course the steepness is always is regulated, but sometimes you wonder, wow, you know, that is really an obstacle course. We want to be able not just to be a community that speaks, you know, that creates that space here for, to be welcoming for someone in a wheelchair, but also beyond that. Because it's not just through the door that this person has to struggle. The lived experience of someone in a wheelchair starts from the very, step, the very journey out of their home. And there are also non-physical barriers, right? How do we create space for people who are neurodivergent? People with mental health issues? People who have been hurt before and struggle to be vulnerable again? people who have been hurt by church before? How do we create space for people who may not be on the same page as us theologically? Creating space for people who are different and who have different needs is not easy. But that's what we endeavour to do. That's what we are trying to do as church. This is who we are called to be. When we say welcome home, there isn't a caveat if you are this, this, and this, if you can fit into our rigid um, requirements. 
Creating space for people who have different needs means that we have to be a church community that we don't just cater to the 99, but we go out of the way to seek the one. I think that's one part of the trilogy of parables in Luke chapter 15. The parable of the sheep, the lost sheep, that we go out to look for the one instead of the nine, and not just care for the 99. The parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son. It is not easy because it is human nature for us to gravitate towards the status quo, towards stability. We don't like change. As much as we imagine ourselves to, to be very, you know, on the cutting edge and everything, the SEC is on the cutting edge, we, as human beings, we don't like change. Once we have established who we are, we, we resist change. And it is so easy for us to become like one of the scribes. We may think to ourselves, why do we have to make space for someone like that? Why do we have to use inclusive language? Why do we have to ask everyone for their preferred pronouns? Why can't everyone just be less sensitive? We weren't racist when we were imitating their accent. It was just a joke. But that's not the kind of community we're called to be, right? The kind of community we're called to be, what, how does that look like? Who are we supposed to model? Not the crowd in the house. Not the scribes. Not the paralytic. We are supposed to model Jesus. Jesus who welcomes the paralytic and even heals the paralytic. We say we want to follow Jesus. And so we want to put that in action. And the first thing we need to learn to do is to stop judging. Being judgmental or judging someone taps into our biases. We tend to project a lot of onto the person that we are judging. And these projections say a lot more about ourselves than the other person. Instead of being an objective assessment, we project our feelings and emotions onto that person. And these feelings and emotions become part of our verdict about this person. Whether it is about how someone behaves, how someone dresses, how someone looks like, how someone speaks, all this comes from our bias that's projected on the person. It's actually more about us than about them. Someone's actions and behaviours may be annoying to us. And, and I've learned over a long time in my own growth, it is helpful to ask ourselves, why are we annoyed? What lies at the root of our feelings? Is it jealousy? Is it about how we think things should be? You know, we come in dressed very casually to at FCC. And from some of your previous um, church communities, that might be a no-no. You want to come to church in your nines. You shouldn't be wearing flip-flops. And perhaps you carry some of that, those rules here. But what does that all mean? Are we able to understand that everyone who comes here is here to worship God? People just don't come and get out of bed early and come to church and, you know, just be here. 
they are making an effort to be present, to be in community, to worship. And however they present themselves, what they are going through, we might not know. To expect people to behave in a certain way assumes that they are like us. Perhaps this person is struggling, struggling financially, struggling psychologically, trying to even step out of the house may be a struggle for them because of their depression, because of what they are wrestling. And coming to a space where someone looks at you because you didn't present yourself properly, being feel judged, makes this space unwelcome. We want to dig a hole in the roof to let everyone in, regardless, right? Sometimes we react, react out of jealousy, like the reaction of the older sibling in a parable of the lost son. And oftentimes, I want to have a segue here. The parable of the lost son, you must think, is this about the son who came back or the son who has always been with the parent. Because this is what it says. Oh, I missed the, the shot of them lowering the paralytic into the house. Oh, I forgot all about my slides. <laughs> so excited about this sermon. In Luke, this is the reaction of the son. He became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen! All these years I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command. And yet, you have never given me even a young goat so I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fettered calf for him. Are you angry when someone less worthy gets more attention than lo and love than us? But what was the reply from the parent? Son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. We need to understand love is not divisible. Just because someone is loved more doesn't mean you are loved any less. God's love is not like a pie that you cut up and chop and dis distribute. God's love is infinite. There's more than enough to go around. So let us examine our resentments and join in the celebration of the circle being drawn wider as we include more people and rejoice for those who have been lost and now found. After we let go of our judgments, we need to learn to be more empathetic. When I reflected on my choice of analogy last week, I also thought about the language I use. And very often, unconsciously, I repeat using language that's ableist. It's not easy to avoid these language or these um, metaphors because they are very powerful. 
They express ideas in a way most of us who are able-bodied would understand. Like the word blind. We get it immediately, those of us who are not visually challenged, will get it immediately when we sing the hymn, I was blind but now I see. But for someone who is visually impaired, it is not a helpful term. I've, we have folks here who have experienced health issues and who may have been wheelchair-bound or bedridden, and some phrases may not be inclusive, may not be helpful, and may even trigger emotions in them. I want to endeavour to use more inclusive language. And this is a growing process for all of us, right? Long ago, we started to try to use more inclusive language in our prayers. Like using, you know, instead of using father, you, you will hear me always using parent. Instead of using brothers and sisters, I use the word siblings. But it's not, we don't just stop there. I'm not stopping there. I'm trying to grow. And I will probably fall back sometimes. And sometimes I, it's unavoidable to use certain language because that's what is written in the Bible. But we can transcend that and try, you know, and work at it, right? So, I may not succeed all the time, but I want to try. I want to be able to empathize with people and use language so they can feel included. And while I've been talking about how we are talking about, while we have been talking about how to welcome people home, I also want to offer about what happens when we are welcomed home. Because it is not just who, us who welcome folks to the community here. Jesus welcomes all of us here. This welcome also includes healthy boundaries so that the community can be healthy. It doesn't mean that we bend over backwards for everyone and it's not that all demands are okay. I think that that's what we need to understand what good boundaries are. That the safety of the community is based on good boundaries, healthy boundaries. And we'll explore these ideas about boundaries in another sermon in this sermon series. Once if I add on, it'll be another, another sermon within the sermon. In Mark chapter 2, when the paralytic arrives in the house and through the roof, Jesus forgives his sins and Jesus says to him, stand up, take up your mat and walk. Does that sound familiar to you? Stand up take up your mat and walk. It is the same words Jesus said in John chapter 5 to the man brought by the pool of Bethesda who has been ill for 38 years. Here, I want to replace ableist language. Rise. Because we can rise in body or in spirit. Take up your mat and live. I hope that this is inclusive enough. And, and if people, if folks have ideas of how to make it even more expensive, inclusive, help me. Right? But this is where I arrived at after reflecting and working on this sermon. Rise, take up your mat and live. This place... This community is a place for you to find healing. This place is a community where you experience the miracle of rising up, taking up your mat and living. 
Jesus in, in John chapter 5 no, asked, do you want to make, be made well? Do you all remember what was the answer that the man who was ill for 38 years answered? His answer was, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm making my way, someone else steps down ahead of me. Jesus' question is a simple one. Do you want to be made well? It is a yes-no question. The man's answer wasn't yes or no. The answer was one that blamed someone else for him not being well. Nobody put me into the pool when the water is stirred. Or someone else gets there before me. But that was not what Jesus asked. Jesus asked, do you want to be made well? It is a question of faith. It is a question of accountability. It is a question of what's your heart's desire. That is the very first step of healing. If you are unable to answer, yes, I want to be made well, then you might be stuck on that mat. You may be there, unable to move. Rise, take up your mat and live. What is your mat? What have you been sitting on your whole life like this man who is sitting on for 38 years? What are the issues that have been, you've been carrying that's burdening you? What are your resentments, your fears? What are the situations you think you are stuck in? Are you so used to this mat that it gives you comfort and security in the same way you're unable or unwilling to say, yes, I want to be made well? Or are you afraid? Are you worried about that uncertainty of what lies ahead after you've been made well? Because everything changes. For 38 years, this man knows what's going to happen next. For 38 years, no one's going to help him go into the pool. 38 years, no, someone steps ahead of him. But what if he has been healed? Then everything changes. Nothing's the same. And he totally doesn't know what's going to happen next. That is frightening. That is scary. And that may be the reason why he's afraid to say, yes, I want to be made well. Because everything he knows, everything he's used to, is going to all be the past. When people are welcome here, when you come here, do you want to be made well? And the scary thing is that after you've been made well, there will be much asked of you. You will be the ones who will care for and love the broken and the wounded ones who come after you. You will be the ones who will rip up the roof and let the, the broken into the house. You will be the ones who will help those by the pool into the pool. Rise. Take up your mat and live. This is what it means to be welcome home. It doesn't mean that you remain who you are. 
it means that you'll be transformed in this community to come alive. Rise, even if you have been stuck on that mat all your life. What is your mat? What is your mat? It might be quite difficult to answer this question for you. It might be a struggle. Our mats might be our egos, our pride, our comfort zones, our unwillingness to change. Perhaps it is, I want to hang out with my own clique. You know, I don't feel comfortable. Creature comforts, addiction, the need to be in control, insecurity. As I'm reflecting, as I'm reading what you have put up, you know what? It's our map in a nutshell. The unwillingness to be vulnerable. The mat helps us feel safe, certain. We know what's going to happen next, even though it might not be good. But what is rising, taking up our mat and live, is living into vulnerability. So I want to invite you, rise, take up your mat, and live. Live and come alive. Rise. Even if you've been stuck on that mat all your life, rise because that means learning to trust Jesus. Come alive because you are a community that's here for you. Come alive because you are welcome here. Come alive. Even if people tell you it is a Sabbath, it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. Come alive. Even if people tell you you are not worthy or you are not good enough. So instead of hurting others in our hurt and pain, instead of wounding others because we are broken, come alive. Come alive to bind the wounds of the wounded because you are a wounded healer. You know what it means to be broken. You know what it's like to be broken. You know what it's like to hurt. Come alive, because the, gl the glory of God is the human fully alive. Live, because you know God loves you. No ifs, no buts. Live and celebrate and rejoice because you were once dead and you have come to life. You were once lost and you have been found. Amen.
Let us prepare for a time of Holy Communion. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. And you only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Good Shepherd, we take your care for granted. In the midst of your many blessings, we complain of not having enough. In the presence of danger, we fail to trust your abiding love. When you set a table before us, we turn aside from you. Call us back into your fold and help us trust your caring presence and provision that our actions may proclaim your truth. Altogether, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. God forgives our failures and calls us back into the flock. Loving God, our Good Shepherd, we are the sheep of your pasture. Know us by name. We offer grateful thanks for your loving care. Open our hearts and minds to the guiding of your Spirit in our lives. Lead us in right paths that we may serve you in truth and action. Amen. God prepares the table for us, offering us a feast of abundant love. Our cup overflows with the bounty of grace, for our Shepherd knows us as no one else can. Restoring our souls, healing our brokenness, nourishing us with bread and cup for the life of ministry. We remember how Jesus, our shepherd, took bread and after giving thanks, broke it and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after the supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements. And um, we ask that you uh, allow the, the stewards to serve you the elements and not reach out for them yourself.
come to the table and feast with the shepherd. Let us partake of these communion elements together with thanksgiving. For everyone who is willing and able, please rise and join me in the prayer of communion. All together. God, God of love, love you, you abide with us. us. Your the loving presence stills us. us. You provide us with all that we need in abundance. Help us love one another in truth and action. Help us give of ourselves to those in need. Help us care for others the way our shepherd cares for us. May our lives reflect our wholehearted trust in our shepherd's everlasting love and care. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church, and thank you again for joining us for uh, this Sunday service. Uh, thank you, Myak, for this morning's sermon. Uh, so we were preaching the sermon, I think it was a really great reflection of how you brought the story of the paralytic man and the story of the prodigal um, son and then with the, from the context of being able to understand what it means to create a welcoming home. And uh, here at FCC, as you can see on the big screens, uh, we always display this word, welcome home. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to think about how um, are we welcomed home here? Are we willing to be vulnerable? Are we willing to rise up uh, to be able to open up our wounds and want to be healed in this space? Because I think that that's what community looks like, right? When we can find a place of belonging, a place of healing, a place that we can come alive again. And then for some of us, the others of us around, wonder how many of us resonate more like the older brother who have been healed already and in this space, and I've been here almost 20 years. I give away my age as well in the process. Uh, but um, in 20 years here, you tend to transition from the younger brother to become a bit older, you know, become the older brother in terms of age and attitude as well. And we are the ones that are complaining, why the roof got a hole, you know? <laughs> and we uh, got a great opportunity for us to reflect about how we are creating a welcoming space so that others can come in and find healing and belonging and come alive in this community. So regardless of whether you are first time new with us looking for a community to worship with or an older sibling who have been here for a bit of a longer time, welcome home. Welcome home. Pray that you will continue to come alive in this space. And so if you're new with us, I want to um, let you know that we would love to be able to get in touch with you find out from you if you're willing to allow us to reach out to you and if you are willing to allow us to, to get to know you a bit, um, help us to make this place your home and your community. And you can leave us your details by going online at fcc.la slash welcome. Leave us some of your details and our pastors will reach out to you to see how we can serve you. Next week also after the Sunday service, we have a newcomers meeting that is held in hybrid, so both here on site and online. If you'd like to get to know more about the church, introduce 
um, you know, yourself to us and allow us to introduce ourselves to you, uh, please drop a line, an uh, email to info at freecomchurch.org either today or sometime during the week and one of our um, church um, pastors will get in touch with you and let you know how you can join us uh, for the newcomers meeting. We now come into a time where we worship God with our giving. And I was just thinking also, you know, um, that this home has been built over the one of the ways that we love one another is to actually create the environment and the space for us to being able to come alive, to be able to find healing, to be able to create space where we can learn and grow. And um, yesterday, the board met for dinner and we were really reflecting on how the limitations of the ability for us to grow and be effective as a community is a lot dependent on the ability to resource it. And our resources comes from the, entirely the generosity of our members in the church to be able to help us to fulfill the mission of the church. And so I really do encourage you that every dollar that you give actually goes towards being able to make the vision of this ministry a reality year in, year out, month in, month out so that we can continue to operate this home and expand the impact of this ministry. So I just want to ask you, to, uh, to appeal to you, especially now that we're at the beginning of the year, to plan out your giving and how much you, know, you want to be able to um, bring into this home so that other people can find a space here. And we just want to say that um, we're very grateful for all of your generosity in the past and continue to also be very grateful for all of your generosity um, today and in the coming days as you uh, give into this ministry. So as you prepare yourself to, to this morning to worship God with your giving, there are three ways that you can give this morning. The first way is that you can uh, either do a one-time uh, giving or a standing order either by pay now, by scanning one of those QR codes. We've got one for the general fund and one for the building fund. Or you can join us also to give by credit card by going uh, on to freecomchurch.give.asia. For those people who are on-site here, um, you know, in a moment, the stewards will come around with the bags, and if you want to good, uh, give in good old cash, um, and uh, just have to raise your hands, and the stewards will come around uh, with the bags to receive your giving this morning. But as we pre uh, prepare to give this morning, can I invite you to join me in a word of prayer? Let's pray together. God, we thank you uh, for calling us all into community. But not just that, for calling us to come here, to be healed, to come alive. And then be the, uh, the, the, create the environment and be the people that could then extend your healing and your love to others as well. God, we thank you for all that you're doing in and through this ministry, creating a, a safe space for all to come as they are. And God, we just ask that as you help us to give of um, our finances into this ministry, that you also give, uh, encourage us to give of our talents and our times so that we can not just um, come as we are, but we can also serve with the gifts that you have given us and being able to see others come alive in the process. We give you thanks for your presence in this space and for leading us the last 19 years as a community of faith. And, being, and God, we just ask for your wisdom and your guidance as we steward these resources that have been brought to us and steward our gifts that you have given to us. Give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. So we cannot invite the uh, stewards to come forward and um, receive the giving this morning. So anybody who wants to 
give by cash, just raise your hands. And while stewards come and receive the giving, uh, we will um, share the announcements for this morning. So the one announcement, and that's um, the ask um, for volunteers. Now, uh, so very specifically, um, you know, the production ministry is, uh, is looking for volunteers for visual design, which is doing all the computer graphics and video editing, helping us put and prepare all of the videos that are used as part of our regular services and our special services uh, together. So if you have a heart and a passion you know, to serve in this area, please reach out to us at info at freecomchurch.org. But all ministries are open, okay? And if there is a ministry that you are interested in finding out more about that you want to serve in, or if you want to be a part of a ministry but not sure which one that you think that you can serve in, please come and also uh, speak to any one of us, speak to the pastors, or drop a line to info at freecomchurch.org and we'll love to be able to see how that you can also help others come alive through your gifts, talents, and abilities. Uh, with that, um, today is also Birthday Sunday. And we want to remember and recognize all of the January birthday babies in our community. These are the seven that we know of. And so, you know, if, they are in, uh, if you know who they are in our midst here and you're present, you can go and look at them and wave at them and give them a little bit of applause. Uh, We're going to pray for them in, uh, in a moment. Uh, but, you know, if it's uh, your birthday this um, January and you're celebrating it, we want to celebrate it with you here. And I'm going to ask Pastor Pauline to come forward and pray a blessing over our January babies. And then uh, Pauline's going to close the service with the, uh, by giving us a benediction. Pauline. So... We're always so excited to be praying for our birthday babies. Uh, the ones that are here, uh, Adam, Shuing, Irene, Molly, Victor, Angela, Mike, these are people on membership role, okay? And that's why we have their information. So if we don't have information, we're sorry, but we want to pray for you too. So if you are a January birthday baby, please allow me to pray for all of you. And happy birthday, Molly. I know your birthday was last Sunday, right? <laughs> all right, so let's pray together. God, we thank you for times like this when we can remember one another's birthdays because our birthdays are a testament of your work and your love in us. God, you have breathed life into each one of us. You have not only breathed physical life into us, you have breathed your life, your spirit into each one of us. And I pray that this is the spirit that will continue to empower, to enrich, to enliven each one. As we pray for our birthday babies in January, we thank you for these siblings, for their lives, for all that you're doing in and through them. We pray that this year will be a wonderful year of your blessings, uh, will be a wonderful year of you working in them and through them that you continue to deepen in them a love for you and for, for others, to deepen in them your wisdom, your grace, and your joy. And so, God, we want to commit each one of our siblings to you, thanking you for them and for the blessing they are to us. And we pray that you will help us to know how to nurture them, to bless them, and to walk with one another home. So, God, we thank you for them, and we ask for your hand of blessing upon each one, as we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And now if you are willing and able, will you rise for the benediction?
God, our loving parent, you are the one who welcomed us home. And because you welcome us home so extravagantly, so unconditionally, so lovingly, help us to welcome others home in the same way that you have welcomed us. And so now, as a people of God who have been welcomed home, will you rise up? Will you leave your mats? Will you come alive? And go out into this world so that others can come alive too. And may the grace of God go with you both now and always. Amen. So please be seated. We have come to the end of the service. Thank you so much for joining us this Sunday. Uh, please join us again. Uh, have a blessed week ahead. <laughs>